and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I am Brian Moonen, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. Of course, the truth is God's living word. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Praise God. It's good to be back. I've been having to take every other week off because there's been so much going on in our lives here, which I explained a little bit in the last episode. But moving on, what I want to talk about this week is repentance. What is the biblical definition of repentance? Where is repentance found in the Bible? What does the concept represent? What does it involve? Is it just changing your mind? Is there any action involved? Is it a work we do? These are all things that we need to talk about because the quote-unquote Christian culture in this age of apostasy is attacking the idea of repentance like I've never really seen in my short life, and I'm just becoming more and more aware of it. It needs to be talked about as part of what we say in the intro, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God. This is in the Word of God. This is not something someone made up. This is not some concept that does not exist in the Bible. This is what Jesus Christ preached, and we're going to go over all these scriptures. And if you've been taught otherwise, you need to heed this warning, open your own Bible, and study to show thyself approved unto God. Just because it's on the radio or a podcast, it doesn't matter where it is. If it's not in the Word of God, it's not going to be approved by God. So test all things and hold fast that which is good, that which is true. Test things by the Word of God, brothers and sisters. Test me by the Word of God. If what I'm saying in this study today is not in the Scripture, throw it away. All right? But this is what we need to talk about because it's everywhere. It's not just in secular shows. I know some of those spellbinding preachers, they can get in the way of your own feelings. yes. I've heard them on the radio, you know, repent, repent. (laughs) You've fallen into the deepest, darkest abyss of corruption and infamy. Repent, repent, or perish. (laughs) Well, Grandma must have known a whole passel of those. I mean, this is supposed to be sermons. We we were in the car the other day, and we were flipping on the Christian station that has preaching, and the, the preaching wasn't terrible. We listened to it for a few minutes. It was kind of like the end of somebody's message. I don't remember who it was. It was a person I hadn't heard of yet. But the man finished up his message, and then the announcer came on and did his follow-up, smooth-talking sales pitch, where he literally said, you don't need to repent. Of your sins. And I've heard that said by other 
false teachers like Stephen Anderson. You don't need to turn from your sin. My question is, why wouldn't you? Jesus Christ came to save sinners, all right? And we're going to look at this word and what it represents according to God himself, not according to some doctor guy with a PhD in front of his name on some radio show that's selling a smooth, soft shoe version of what he calls the gospel because he doesn't want to offend anyone. He doesn't want to challenge anyone. You know, like it's not okay for people to count the cost and look at themselves and look at their sin and be grieved and have godly sorrow unto repentance and turn to Jesus Christ for salvation from their sins. You know, we wouldn't want people to get too deep into their thought. Just believe and go on with your life. Fill out a card, send it in so we can say that 10,000 people got saved last week so we can keep demanding tithes and offerings from our audience. Well, that's wrong and that's wicked. Tell people the truth or don't speak at all when it comes to God and his word. Amen? We need to speak the truth in love. And it's not loving to not warn someone. You know, when your child is doing something dangerous and something wrong, you say, stop. And you want them to stop doing what they're doing. You don't want them to just change their mind and then go ahead and stick that fork in the light socket and get electrocuted or keep running towards that ledge and fall and get hurt. No, you want them to stop and turn around and be saved. But if you're the one calling them, they didn't save themselves. They just heard you and they listened to you and they obeyed what you said. But it's because you're mercy on them that they heard that truth, that warning. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Confess and forsake. Forsake means to turn, to stop, to leave it behind. Now, that doesn't mean we become sinless robots. We know that in 1 John is addressed to Christians, and we know that Christians can mess up and sin. You don't lose your salvation, because otherwise there would be no such thing as sanctification and as God shaping us and molding us like the potter shapes the clay. That wouldn't exist. We would just be an instant mold, and we would be a finished product, and there would be no such thing as glorification either, because we would be instantly like Jesus Christ, totally like Jesus Christ, and we would have nowhere else to grow unto. He's the only one that's sinless. God is ultimately holy, and when we are saved, we do become holy. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have God's grace. We have the power to resist sin and live a holy life, but there are times when we mess up. Our flesh still exists. Isaiah 59, 20 And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. The Lord's going to come to those who seek his face. They're willing to turn from their transgression. They need a Savior. Like Jesus said, I came to heal. The physician comes to heal those that are sick. I'm paraphrasing. Not those self-righteous Pharisees who don't think they need a physician. They don't even know their condition. They don't realize and admit they're sick. 
They don't confess and forsake. They have no one to turn to because they think they have their own righteousness. Really, they're dead in their sin. There's a lot of people today like that. Repentance and conversion go together with salvation at the time of salvation. In the Bible, they're talked about as both being God-ordained gifts. In this section here in Acts chapter 3, 13 through 21, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all, of someone who was just healed. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which therefore was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Praise God. So here we have in verse 19, repent and be converted. This is talking about salvation. So repentance and conversion go together. It's not a dirty word. It's not a work that we do. We're going to see other verses that proclaim without a doubt it's a gift of God. So why is everyone so against telling people what Jesus Christ told them? Repent and believe. I think because it's a lie of Satan and they're deceived. They don't know any better. I don't know if all the different Bible versions have a lot of watered down Verses removed or what? I didn't study that. I know in the King James Bible, repentance is prevalent. But there are teachers like Stephen Anderson who twist the King James Bible. So the King James Bible is not a bulletproof vest for deception. You still have to read it and apply and compare scripture to scripture and not ignore 75% of what's being said and then just be foolish and say, the word repent is not in the gospel of John, so there is no... Please give me a break. We're going to continue going through so many scriptures. The concept is huge in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And as I said, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. That's his mission, is to save sinners' soul. And godly sorrow worketh repentance unto the acknowledgement of the truth. You can't even acknowledge the truth of needing a Savior unless God does that work in you. He turns you to the Savior. It's God's work. So these people are literally blaspheming the Holy Spirit, I believe, when they talk against repentance. I think they're blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit because when God draws someone to Jesus, that's what that, that's what that is. That's part of that. He changes your heart toward God. Repent 
toward God, as some, one of the verses says. Let's keep going because there's a lot of Bible here to get through. Psalm 51, 12, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. See again, sinners need to be converted. They need to be flipped. Amen. They need to be turned to God. That's what conversion is. You go from one thing to another thing. You pass from death unto life. And that's God's work. Amen. Hear Jesus. Hear what Jesus says. Okay. Jesus Christ said to repent. Matthew 12, 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Praise God. Jesus Christ is so much greater than the prophet Jonas who preached to Nineveh. And they repented. They turned from their wicked ways. They stopped what they were doing. Okay? They didn't just dress up for a few days and then go back. And I'm not saying they lived sinlessly afterwards. But they changed and stopped their wicked ways and their idolatry. And they turned back towards God and believed the truth about God. So they believed and they also changed what they were doing because God gave them a new heart toward him. See how it goes together? You can't have one without the other. Otherwise, all you have is a mental, a mental belief. You know, like it says, the devils believe and tremble. You could believe something in your mind and not obey it in your heart. There's a huge difference there. Luke 5.31, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came to call sinners to repentance. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came to call sinners to repentance. So these teachers that go around and tell everyone that repenting is not really a thing and you don't understand what it just means. Oh, it just means to change your mind from unbelief to belief. Well, unbelief is a sin. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So even that act of being turned from unbelief to belief, and like I said, you're being given a new heart by God. Of course you're going to turn away from sin because God hates sin and he loves you. He's turning you to Jesus Christ. God is love. He's turning you away from sin toward himself, toward the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and was buried and rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. You're being turned from one to the other. You're being quickened. You're being made alive. You're being drawn to the Savior. That is turning it's not your work. None of it is our work. It's a gift of God. So don't subtract away part of that miracle. Don't understand it all on paper. Sorry. Keep studying God's word and you'll see it's very clear. It's not a math equation. It's a miracle. Okay? So these guys that want to go with the Jack Hiles turnover rate, knocking on doors, so they can get high numbers and claim that lots of people got saved. That's wrong. That's why there's so many lost people 
in that quote-unquote movement, the independent fundamental Baptist movement. There's so much wickedness and apostasy in that movement today that it's very sad. But that's what happens when you stop telling people they should repent of their sins and turn toward God and be converted to the Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not a dirty word. They've turned God's grace into lasciviousness because it's by God's grace that anyone is saved. And repentance, godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. That is part of being saved. So these people are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ preached this, Luke twenty four forty five. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Praise God. Amen. And I'm not going to stop or apologize for preaching that message. That is the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, the living God manifest in the flesh, who came to die and save my soul. He said that's what's supposed to be preached. Nobody made it up. It's not a dirty word. Okay? And this is how people are convicted. The Holy Spirit will convict a sinner. Now, that doesn't mean we should go rail on people and scream in their face and need to repent until we're blue in the face and scream, repent, 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 repent. God's Holy Spirit will convict every different person to be led in, in another way by God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But railing on people with a psychotic tone of voice isn't what's going to do it. It's by God's word. It's not by our uh, feats of strength or how much of a show we can put on. It's a still, small voice that speaks to people when God convicts them, when God does this work and turns a sinner and converts and saves their soul. It's all God's work. So praise the Lord. Jesus Christ also said this in Luke 15, 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Praise God, because when you repent, it's the same time when you're saved. Repent and believe, Jesus said. They always go together. And Jesus here was obviously talking about someone who was being saved. He wasn't talking about somebody that was later on going to be saved. Sometimes these verses use the word repent interchangeably with salvation. There's other ones that say repent and be baptized. Obviously, that's not saying get baptized because you changed your mind and then later on maybe you'll really be born again. It's used interchangeably in some verses because they go together. It's one gift of God. Salvation is the free gift of God. Amen. By God's grace, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. But you can't subtract away what God said is true about how a man is saved. It's his work. Amen. When we come back, we're going to keep going through the scriptures and looking at more verses about repentance in the Old Testament and the New Testament on Truth Dealer Radio. We'll be right back. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's truth o'clock. 
The time is short. That is why KJV Prepper Christian shirts are worn to warn. KJV Prepper Witnesswear can be a bold witness to the unsaved and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original. Visit KJVPrepper.com for effective Christian apparel. Worn to warn. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. And I do want to let you know that at kjvprepper.com, we do have some brand new gospel tracks, which I just designed and, and wrote the new message on the back. On the front, they have the live love design based on 1 John 4 9. So check it out. It's in the Christian gear section, kjvprepper.com. So before the break, we were talking about repentance and reading several Bible verses, including somewhere Jesus Christ himself taught and used the word because it's not a bad word. Amen. Really, repentance changes one's heart, mind, and actions toward the living God. And that makes total sense because we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our mind, with all our heart, and with all, and with our strength. Okay? Meaning, you know, our, our attributes, our physical, what we do, the idea is there. Matthew 21, 28 through 29, this is something that Jesus Christ taught in a parable. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. So he repented and he went. It's because he changed his mind. He got convicted and he changed his mind, and then he did what was right. He turned around and went back and worked in the vineyard. He didn't just realize, oh, I, that was wrong. I should have told my dad I would, and then keep going and doing what he was doing. He changed what he did. He turned and went back and did what was right in his father's eyes. Amen? That's a parable. That's an example. The fruit, meat for repentance, that's an example of how God changes our mind, our heart, and it results in a change of action. It's by God's grace, all right? It's not that we clean ourselves up and then we're good enough to get saved and because we did right, we got saved. That's self-righteous garbage. That is not taught in the Bible, okay? Nobody here is teaching that. And we get accused of it because we use the word repent. It's from a ignorant lack of understanding of what repent means. That's why I'm teaching this again in this radio show, because it's there's a lot to explain. You really have to study the scriptures and examine all these verses and look at them as a whole, not cherry pick and ignore 80% of it. God commands men everywhere to repent, okay? Why would he do that? Because he hates sin. So much... Jesus Christ had to die on the cross for our sins. Oh, you don't have to repent from your sins. What's the big deal about sin? Oh, I don't know. Just Jesus Christ had to suffer the worst, most agonizing death in history for you because of your wicked sins and mine and the sins of the whole world. Sure, yeah, no big deal. Just believe and go about your business. Fill out this form. Fill out this card. It's really sad. 
Acts 17.30-31. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. Okay? In other words, the time for playing games is over. God sent his only begotten son. Jesus Christ came and did what he was to do. He died for our sins, and he rose from the dead, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? Time for games is over. God hath appointed a day when he's going to judge this world. No more excuses. No more winking at sin. God commands men everywhere to repent and believe the gospel because there is a way to be saved. So if you reject that truth, it's all you. You got nothing to say to God on the judgment day. And that's I gave a tract to a man a few weeks ago. He was so prideful. He bragged about having near-death experiences. This man had a track in his hand, said truth on the front, with a gospel message on the back, and he handed it back to me and said, why don't you give this to someone else? I'm agnostic. I asked him if he was really sure. Did he want to do that? And he did. And after I took the track back, we had about a 10-minute exchange where I witnessed to him, and he pridefully rejected Jesus Christ. It was a very frightening experience, but it really showed me. I don't know if this man was reprobate or given over to a seared conscience or reprobate mind or exactly where his standing was with God, but it was frightening. And he bragged about having near-death experiences. I told him, it's going to end soon. You're going to meet your maker. You're going to go and face the judgment of God. And nothing you said here changes the fact that Jesus died for your sins. And you reject him. And I I warned him verbally multiple times with scripture as well. And he uh, rejected. But God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. No more games. So who are we to come on the radio after a preacher gets done and say, by the way, you don't have to repent. Excuse me? That does not compute with the Bible. It's very dangerous and it's very wicked. So if you're listening to stuff like that, switch it off as we did. And we just sat there like kind of in disbelief in the car. My two sons and I had a little talk, you know, and just kind of reviewed well, how ridiculous and how wrong that was and how not subtle that message was. He's telling you literally to ignore what Jesus said, ignore what the Bible says, ignore what the Apostle Paul preached that we're going to read in a minute. Just forget all that. Listen to our new soft tones. And on the radio, on the Christian radio, everything is just so, oh, You don't have to repent. It's like somebody whispering in your ear some wicked, satanic lies. And there's people out there that are deceived. God help them. Pray. Pray for them to ignore this and go read what the Bible really says. Amen? Paul preached the gospel that consisted of telling people to repent and believe. 
Acts 20.21, this is what Paul preached, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Boom, right there. That is the gospel in a nutshell, preaching to people to repent toward God and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We can't take away from that or we're in big trouble. 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Wow. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. See, salvation can come without repentance and faith. They go together. Repentance and faith both are given by God's grace. Okay? Dead men cannot repent. Hello? We're dead in our sins before we're saved. A dead man can't do it. So why are these people so upset about, yeah, you're telling people they got to stop their sin and stop the And then that's not right. If anyone is teaching that, they're just as wicked as the people who are teaching no repentance. It's false. We're not saved by works, okay? That's what the Catholic Church teaches. That's what all these other cults teach. It's false. It's wrong. Stand up against it. Teach against it. Warn people against it. But you can't change what the scripture says, that God gives this gift of repentance. 2 Timothy 2.25, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Okay? God gives the gift of repentance, draws people to the Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and gives them the acknowledgement of the truth. They come to the truth. It's a work of God. It's a miracle. And then they're born again. Praise God. We talked about that a few weeks ago, incorruptible seed. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. They're born again by God's power, by God's grace. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? It's not something we can replicate and do ourselves. So why are these people so upset about saying that people are teaching that repentance is a work and everything? It's a work of God. Yes, it's a work of God, just like faith. You could just as easily go around and tell people you don't have to have faith because that would be a work. Why? What's the difference? It's something that takes place in your heart that produces an outward manifestation reflected in your actions, in your daily life, by God's grace. And that's why we grow as Christians. God continues. Repentance never leaves a Christian. It's something that, it's an attitude we have toward, we're, we're turned toward God. And we want to please our Heavenly Father. We want to please God in every aspect. We fall sometimes. God raises us back up. We keep enduring to the end, but we grow. That's why God has to chasten his children and cause us to repent on certain areas. You know, everyone's different. Everyone has different things going on. So praise the Lord for that gift. It doesn't leave us. It's just like our faith doesn't leave us. When you're saved by God and you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, it doesn't leave you. All these gifts don't leave you. 
okay? Repentance and faith, because you're converted. We have passed from death unto life, eternal life, which doesn't end. So God gives these gifts. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, doesn't, want, doesn't God want everyone to get saved? Doesn't he want everyone to believe? This is what I mean about verses that have this phrase interchanged with salvation. In this verse, it symbolizes what we read previously, okay? Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. It's talking about being saved, being born again. God wants all to come to repentance. He wants all to be saved. He wants all to put their faith in Jesus Christ, which involves repenting towards God being sorry for your sin, okay, acknowledging and being sorry and willing to turn because you know you're going to be changed by God. You don't want to hold on to that sin. It doesn't mean you have to name every sin and, and, and anything you realize, you realize you've broken all God's commandments and that you're deserving of hell because you're a wicked sinner and you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation because you believe he paid for your sins. He's the only way to heaven. He's the son of God. He came for that purpose to save sinners. And you believe with all your heart, you put all your faith and trust in him and his finished work, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. And you put all your faith and trust and hope in him because you know what you're turning from. You know who you are. You're lost on your way to hell. So, of course, you turn. God turns us and draws us to the Savior. Nobody can come to Jesus Christ and put all their faith in him unless God draws them. And that's what repentance is part of. God has given you that godly sorrow. He's showing you the truth, giving you the acknowledgement of the truth of the gospel and also of who you are. You're lost. Your punishment is going to be hell. You only have one hope, Jesus Christ. Amen? So then some of the teachers I've heard say that turning from sin is not in the Bible. Okay, so, you know, maybe they mean you just get that exact phrase because that means it's the concept isn't there. Well, that's the wrong way to study the Bible. But aside from that, Ezekiel thirty-three eleven, Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? So there again is God calling Israel to repentance so they can live. Okay, there's a contrast. You don't repent, you die in your sin and you go to hell. You do repent toward God and you live. Put your faith in God. Follow him. However you want to describe that. There's the concept right there coming out of God's own mouth through his prophet. This is what he told Ezekiel to tell the house of Israel. And another one, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay, God has every right to call people to repentance and to tell them to turn from their sin, turn from their idols, turn from their wicked ways. God has the right to tell you to do that and me to do that, okay? Because he is God. The price on our sin is the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God on the cross at Calvary. Don't you dare tell God he doesn't have the right to tell you to leave that sin behind and turn from your wicked ways and to give him the glory and follow Jesus Christ. Amen? He's worthy. He's worthy of being followed. Obedience is not a sin, okay? Someone who's trying to live holy, that doesn't mean they're self-righteous. We should all strive to follow God and keep his commandments. We should all, as believers, strive to please our Heavenly Father. Be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect, Jesus said, okay? And he's our example, Jesus Christ, and he obviously lived a sinless life. And he told us in Matthew chapter 5, a lot of ideals and commands of how we should live. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Depart from sin. So how dare these people come on there and say, you don't have to repent of your sins. I would like to know where they got that idea from because it's not the Holy Bible. And once again, for those of those teachers who say repent just means to change your mind and turn away from unbelief, which is another thing like show me the verse where that's what it says, because you're discounting all these other scriptures, which equate repentance and salvation as one gift from God. For those same people, I'll just read this one again, Romans 14, 23, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So you're still turning from your sin. Someone who believes, who didn't believe and turns to belief is still turning from their sin and they're being turned by God. And that's what we're talking about today. Praise the Lord for his saving grace. That's God's mercy. He's drawing someone to the Lord, Jesus Christ. And you're being turned from unbelief to belief. Unbelief and every other sin that you are turning from. Because you've been given godly sorrow toward God. You realize, like David said, that his sin was against God. Our sin is against God. It's not just against our fellow man or our pet or whoever, our neighbor. It's against God. We've broken his commandments and his laws. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly. Praise God. Romans 5, 6-8. So that'll be it for today. Um, Thank you for listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. So I would pray that if you're blessed by this show, you would find a way to support this show at truthdealer-radio.com. There's information on how you can do that. So I thank you for listening. God bless you. Be strong. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, 
It's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening. Oh, I've heard him on the radio, you know. Repent, <laughs> repent. <laughs>